If you know me, know this ain't my first way Certified everywhere, ain't got a printed resume Take off, talk crazy, I pull up underlay R.P. to Nate, dog. I had to regulate Welcome back to another episode of Hardware Group Chat. We're back again with me, Moynock, Neil, and we have a special guest, Nash. How's it going? Good. Going good. Thanks for the invite. Been uh, heckling Moynock and Neil to get me on this for a while now, so glad glad to be here. Yeah, everyone. well, we got to give everyone fair warning. You know, this could get a little, a little fiery, <laughs> uh, to, to say the least. Yeah. My basketball knowledge might be lacking, but the, the hot takes will be firing. <laughs> you want to give us a little uh, intro on your on your NBA fandom? Yeah. Um, so I was like, I guess history about myself. I was born in Chicago, then was raised in Detroit, basically. So like my family growing up were Bulls fans, and so like I got to, I was born during the Jordan, like the later Jordan years of the of the Bulls, but then most of my like formative years of watching basketball were definitely like early two thousands, mid two thousands, and so um, my first memories of basketball were definitely like watching Shaq back people up into the paint and like no one being <laughs> able to stop him, and then. Uh, I was a huge Pistons fan because I grew up in Auburn Hills. I used to get free Pistons tickets every year for those, like, I think, what was it? Like, every single year, we're the best-selling crowd in the NBA for, like, what, 10, 15 years straight? Yeah. Back during the heydays. Um, So, huge Pistons fan. I'm pretty sure I watched every single game of the Pistons, the 04 season, with our our man, George Blaha. Um, (laughs) The Lamp year. Yeah, no, yes, I'm sir. Like also. Yes, that sir. baby and a foul. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. So yeah, I basically was a huge Pistons fan, early 2000s, and then um, got cucked by the Spurs at, that one year, which was painful to see. Manu, I hate it. Um, and then... Why not? I think we got a little echo on you. If you mute when you're talking. Jesus Christ, Moynihan. <laughs> Mute when you're not talking. Yeah. Turn, turn, you know, there's a there's an echo thing. You got to turn it. Echo cancellation. <laughs> we'll, we'll edit this out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but he's no, you no longer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, fuck Manu Ginobili, and then <laughs> my fandom really changed in the right after LeBron destroyed us in like '07. And I'm like, and the Pistons were pretty much done till now, basically. <laughs> um, so I became a huge LeBron fan, been basically following, bandwagoning his ass pretty much every every team he's been on since. And I think Gango, Neil, and I all share that same same love for Bron. So there, it's an interesting thing to mention, Nash. There is a strong divide. So that event... Oh, 2007. I think it was game six where he scored like what, 17 straight or whatever, like 42. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 25 straight. 25 total. Yeah. 25 straight. Yeah. Um, So that is a cataclysmic event in Detroit sports history. There are two things that happen. One, people like start, like they're like, all right, this guy just killed us. It's like watching like a conqueror come and just to conquer your fandom. And it's like, all right, I got to support this dude. Or there's a second crowd, which is like, fuck this guy. Fuck him forever. I don't like. This guy's straight up like an antichrist, and you hate him. And that's so. Three of you guys are, you know, 
you know, he's the conqueror. He kind of took over and like, we should, we should like idolize his great efforts. Cause you know, he is a great player. Then I'm like, fuck this dude <laughs> forever. <laughs> it's not, I mean, I respect that. I respect the diehard fandom. What, what, what the that, I feel like we're also like the hardest on LeBron too because of it. And like, it just means that much more when the Lakers are just like shitting the bed and just taking L after L. It's part of the fandom too. Whoa, 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 whoa. So this is called Harvard group chat. And we actually have a group chat where Neil and I send you stats on, you know, the Lakers sucking and Russell doing well, or, you know, the Lakers sucking and LeBron not playing well. You're always defending LeBron. You are LeBron's biggest defender, man. I don't want to hear it, that you're hard on the million. I know Nash is pretty hard on LeBron sometimes. I'm just saying. I'm saying collectively. All right, fine. Three of the four of us are hard on LeBron. One guy's, you know, always there to protect him. Hey, Ru- Russ has been playing well. I can't really blame him anymore. I agree. Yeah, he's he's definitely a good a good player off the bench. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, any team where LeBron's on the team and you have no shooters is bound to be a shitty yeah. team. Where's Booby gets him near Needham? I mean, I honestly think the real issue is like Anthony Davis. Like they they turned over the keys to him three years ago, and what has he produced? Like, not, hasn't barely played sixty games a season. Like he he's so inconsistent. Like I, I don't get how you can become a franchise player when you have a few good games where you're dropping 30, 10 and five blocks or whatever, but you don't produce that consistently. Like that guy has no ability to be a number one alpha, like a type player. Like he he's, he's always second fiddle. I, I can't believe people ever thought that like he was a better teammate than Dwayne Wade was to LeBron. Like, I think that's the stupidest argument that people would have like, could have thought about like when they won the championship the first time, but man, I think I think, yeah, I think that was in contention when after they won the they won the first one. That comparison was thrown around of like potential, but then after that he just like started getting injured and inconsistent. So. No, I think it's it's probably because like the the games, right? Like it's like pick and roll game, like ideally should be unstoppable with those two, and like AD, like when he before he joined the Lakers at least was a incredible shooter, and like for some reason ever since they won the championship, his free throw percentage, his three-point percentage, all in the shitter. Um, maybe he's blaming playing in the paint, but I guess he's a little pussy and can't can't <laughs> play in the paint and shoot still anymore. So It's true. He, um, he, does like, he doesn't do a lot of paint play anymore. It's like always fadeaways or shooting threes or jump shots. Like, yeah. Here's a thing I always thought about. Like I was thinking about this in the shower randomly. So Anthony Davis, like you know how he's with uh, – what's, um, what's the Rich Paul's uh, organization? What's it called? Clutch sports. Um, clutch sports, yeah. So you know how Anthony Davis was a clutch sport. So it was like always they knew that he was going to go to the Lakers once, you know, his contract's up, right? I think he was in a contract year when he started, like, sitting out of games. Why didn't the Lakers just wait? Now, like, you know, they gave up all their picks. They have pick swap this year, pick swap next year, I think. Um, wh- why'd they give up all their picks and get them, like, six months earlier and sacrifice their whole future? Why didn't they just wait and then pick him up in free agency? Because... Yeah, they got won that one championship, but now AD is going to be the reason why they miss out on Wembenyama or something. I mean, the Lakers front office is an yeah. absolute shit show. Um, yeah. You got like Jeannie Buss, who basically listens to like Kurt Rambis and like those people who like it's like it's like a clown show at at the leadership position, and then 
Rob Polinka, who's like an agent, not even a real GM. I mean, got to respect a Michigan man, but um, do I don't you? know. Like, <laughs> not really. Like, what did he really do? LeBron is the one that recruited the entire. Honestly, I don't think it's too far gone to say Rich Paul is a better GM for the Lakers than, than Rob Polinka ever has been. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For win now, sure. Uh, in terms of like future assets, though, yeah. I mean that's that's the agent model, right? You 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 care about win now because you want your commission now. Like that, yeah. you gotta you gotta pair the 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 players that are gonna get you the biggest contracts. Like it, it's a complete misalignment of incentives. Right. But like I mean, if we're gonna like Rob Plinka got it. He I think like you said, he's thinking in agent mode. He has to think in. I, the Lakers are meant to be a dynasty. If you win one championship and then people are gonna say you're in the Mount Rushmore of Lakers, not gonna fly with Laker Nation. Oh, as I agree. Like, I mean, absolutely. As much as I hate that tone, um, you know they are the best, probably the best fan base, if not one of the best fan bases in basketball. So one championship is not gonna fly. And Rob Lincoln is in one championship mode. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, couldn't agree more. As much um, as I hate to say it, you need one of those Bob Myers type GMs. Or even uh, like uh, I mean, I, I still I'm harsh on him. I'm really harsh on him. But Sam Presti, you know, he kind of needs yeah. the asset builder. Um, no, he's like the polar opposite of Rob Plink, If you ask me, he's just like collecting, like, collect, collects, collects draft picks for like leisure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, Shea Gillis is playing good this year, but like he got that through a trade, right? Like there's no draft pick involved. No, yeah, Shea was oh. um, he was Paul George oh. trade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 None of his draft picks have hit thus far, so he's just like collecting picks. Which makes you wonder: Is he actually a good GM, or he's just like, all right, I'm like, I'm, I'm blessed with this uh, thing where like my fans don't really care about winning. I can just sell, 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 and no one is really going to pressure me, and people are going to think I'm a genius because I acquired all this. At what point is Shay going to demand a trade, though? I mean, there's only so long he could be putting up these numbers on a top five worst team in the league. What's his age? Uh, he's he still 24. Yeah. He's 24, but all right. It's like, all right, now you're waiting on Chet, right? You're waiting on Shea. Who's the other uh, good picks? Uh, Josh Giddy and um, are we going to put Lou Dort? And, and no, Lou Dort's actually kind of oh, old. Um, yeah. Who's the other one? Um, Jalen Williams, the guys they just picked up this year? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so, yeah. So Shea, you're only like... When Ch- and Chet's out this year, so he kind of missed a year of development. But when Chet comes in next year, uh, you have Chet, Sh- Chet in his first year, and we all saw Cade in his first year. He kind of sucked. Well, he's rough. So you're going to need at least two years of development from Chet. You're going to need another year of development from, like, uh, or three years of development from, like, Jalen, because he's not even that good right now. Uh, another maybe year of development from um, uh, Josh Giddy. Shea will be, like, 27 at that point. <laughs> He's going to be like, all right, you're going to have a couple years. And because Shea's been carrying the team for so long, like, I don't know how many years he's going to have in his like later years. He might be a 32, 33-year-old. Um, you know, that's it for him. How much of – plus you're in the Western Conference. How much of the, that prime are you really going to get in that team? Yeah. Um, but it's uh, – Speaking of young, young development, what do we think about these Pistons? I was expecting a little bit better than, than two wins this season. Yeah, I think we all were. It's uh, rough. Yeah, it's looking all right. Essential there. Yeah, it's it's looking fine. Um, although Isaiah Stewart's out for like out for three weeks now, so that's crash. But Kate hasn't played a game in like the last three games, right? No, 
not Kimmy Watson. No, he hasn't. Yeah. What, uh, yeah, I guess really been been him what's that, Neil? He hasn't really been the problem. I just feel like the team isn't efficient at shooting, or really anyone is on the team. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's crazy. Like, right now, Boyan is their top scorer. Yeah. 20 points a game, I think it's just because he played the most most games but like the distribution of scoring is actually you know in a pretty tight band like Kate is putting up 20 a game Jaden Ivy as a rookie is putting up like 16 yeah. Alec Burks it's a lot of guys who get who can get buckets actually like Sadiq Bay he dropped a 50 point game last year like it's a bunch of it's a bunch of players that can play it's just that they probably not don't play that well together yeah and an experience it's also like the system with Dwayne Casey is not really meant for pick and roll. Um, and Cade is a pick and roll. Like, I think he has a second or third highest utilization of pick and roll this year. Um, so, all right. So you have a pick and roll player. You need to, like, he has, and you have a, a coach that really doesn't like that. So the team's not really built for pick and rolling. Pick and rolling. Um, but, um, so you have Cade trying to pick and roll with who? You can't pick and roll with, uh, with Isaiah Stewart because he's 6'8. He's not going to do anything in the paint. Uh, you can pick, pick and pop in the. But Bagley hasn't really been healthy. I think Jalen uh, Duran is an ideal operate, uh, you know, ideal person for it. But definitely, he's, like, he's only getting like eighteen minutes a game or whatever. He's also like what nineteen years old. Eighteen. He's the youngest <laughs> player in the league. Yeah. yeah. I feel like they did uh, all the right things in the draft, but it, it just it's gonna know, take some time. I, I guess. No, I I think I have to agree with Carno with the coaching. I think you need a you need a coach that will fit the style of the team. And when you got Dwayne, who like has been just like bouncing around the league at this point, just like like at the best, like he'll he'll take us to be like maybe an eight seed like in the ideal world. Um but like when you think about it as well, like that should be the baseline expectation for this team, I would think, is like a play in team. And and we're not even close to that. Yeah. Um and like the coaching talent honestly is it's so bad in the NBA, in my opinion. It's like I agree. those elite elite coaches, those and then those really good young coaches that just like come through like a pipeline, obviously of like some coaching tree, um, and then everyone else who's just like the who's who of coaches in the league. So like, it's tough to get a coach that um, will that you'll know is going to hit and also matches the the style of the team. So yeah, yeah, yeah I mean. He did lead us from like you know he did develop us. So no disrespect. I think Dwayne Case is fine as a developing coach, but now it's time to move forward. Yeah, yeah I feel like he'll get canned this year. But then again, who are we going to hire? Like, I yeah. can't think of a good good coach to hire. Is it just? It, I don't know if how you guys feel about this as a topic. I, I kind of want to cover for a bit. But do you feel like this is the most lackluster season of the NBA in the last like five years? Yeah, I I mean I totally agree. I think there's like no dominant team that like is standing out at this point. And like no one that's currently at the top of the rankings is like convincing to me. Maybe the Milwaukee Bucks. The Milwaukee Bucks are the one team that are yeah. at the top of the rankings that I'm like this team is like poised to win it all. But like everyone at the top of the East like I don't buy um the West and like I think I could easily see like the Warriors just turning around at the end of the season and just like rolling through all those teams. Like, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been super inconsistent. Um, and like, 
yeah, like even the Nets, I expected them to be like, yeah, good, they're... like somewhat better than what they are now, and not like they're like way better built as a team than than the Lakers are, and yet they're like struggling just as much as the Lakers. So like all these like teams that you'd expect to be killing it are are mid. For for context, Port the Portland Trailblazers are the best team in the West right now. Yeah, and obviously they're not going to go anywhere. Like, <laughs> I don't think so. that they're they're pretenders for sure. Well, all right, hold on, hold on. Uh, first of all, is it a problem if it's um if 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 it's like you know you call it lackluster, I call it good competition. But is that a problem? I think I think that's better for the NBA because the games yeah. are always interesting. Now. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't see it more of as like. Well, one, I think there's like a little bit of a change of the guard going on with some of the superstars that we're accustomed to. And honestly, it doesn't feel like a lot of them are giving a shit right now. Fine. It's the early days of the NBA, but like it just doesn't feel as competitive in, in past years where you expected there to be a contender who would get challenged right now. It just seems like kind of a free for all. And it's a bunch of, you know, it's not as superstar driven as, as it's felt, um, historically it just it feels like we're seeing these teams that we're we know aren't going to go anywhere we're just waiting for these other teams that we know will be at the top to make a run so it's well, boring going, that going back to that point so i was listening to i'm going to give credit to the athletic for this because i was listening to their pod they did the research but um on the, in the western conference in the last i think 40 seasons the first play uh, first team to 10 wins usually makes the playoffs and you know, I think twenty five of that time, uh, twenty five times they like make it to the I think the conference finals are better. Um, and I get my numbers wrong, but I think that's right. Um, but this year, the first team to ten wins in the West is the Utah Jazz, who are clearly gunning it to try and get uh, Wembenyama, and yet they're the first team. So you know, history tells us they're. Gonna, I don't know, but history tells us they're gonna make it into like a playoff kind of position. Is that so? All right. They're in the top. Why is that bad? I mean, it, they look good. They look very good, even though, I mean, they might sell off some players, but I don't think teams are going to want to buy that. Um, why is that a problem, that Utah Jazz being good? And why is that a problem that, you know, Portland's also looking good? I mean, like, they won, I think, a game against, without Damian Lillard against, I forget who it was. Um, anyway, it doesn't matter. But um, they beat, I want to say New Orleans, New Orleans uh, without Damian Lillard. And so they have all these young talent like that is going to be the future of the NBA soon. Like the Jeremy Grant and uh, Anthony Simons experiment is not terrible. It's going to be uh, something that we're going to watch. If history has taught us anything, then that means Jeremy Grant will have a great season after he left Detroit. <laughs> like, why is that bad? I mean, like it's, it's good competition. The, the issue. No, I, my, Sorry, go ahead. My old, yeah, I was going to say like, when have we ever had a season where, like, I feel like every season in history always ends up being the dominant team with the dominant superstar that, like, makes the run and wins the championship? The parody thing, like, is not a thing. Like, this is not the NFL. This is the NBA. It's like a superstar. 2004 I mean, yeah, Pistons. I totally, totally, totally agree. 04 Pistons was that last time that, that happened. Um, but if you think about it, like, that same, like, core five group of pistons were also all-stars in 06 like they were like four all-stars on the same team which is like like they were still a star driven team like like even though they were more well-rounded obviously no one's scoring 20 points a game but like they're holding teams to like under like 100 180 points sometimes um but i think when it comes down to it like i don't care if the the 
the Suns win 60 games or 50 games, or sorry, not the Suns, the, the, the Jazz win 60 games or 50 games, they're not going to make a run in the playoffs. Just by the sheer like way that the playoffs are made, like ISO ball, slow down the clock, like you versus me and stop me. Like that's the game. And like, they're not going to be able to hold up to that. The, the issue is that Lori fucking Markkinen is leading the Jazz in scoring right now. That's what I mean by it being a lack of Sure, give him an all-star, but that's not going to translate into playoff wins. What about, um, I mean, last year, yes, they had Ja, but Ja became Ja because of this. But the Memphis Grizzlies were the, what, the number two seed? Yeah. And they were not a, like, comparatively, compared to other teams in the league, like the Warriors that have multiple stars, they had one. And even that one, it was his first year, I think, as an all-star that year. Uh, on the other side, Cleveland, who had, uh, you know, I think they were a, no, they were a playing team at the end because of injuries, but they they were yeah. a pretty good team. Uh, yeah, the Bulls are a pretty good team that weren't really star-driven. I wouldn't call them top-tier stars. Um, I think the league is shifting towards an era where the stars can't, like, a, a, a team can defeat, a, like, a single star. Until and, until I see it happen to win a championship, I, I'm not going to buy it. Making yeah, maybe for making a deep playoff run, but at the end of the day, like who who keeps winning the championships? Uh, would you say the Toronto uh, Raptors were? I mean, yeah, yes, they had Kawhi, but it's one yes. star for three. Kawhi is enough for that. I mean, he's a he's a first. You need one star. Yeah, you need one superstar, and then the supporting cast can be like like four mid players, or it could be like two other star superstars. Um. So, like to to your point about the Memphis Grizzlies, I feel like they had a lot of good supporting pieces. Dylan Brooks is a dog, Desmond Bain is a dog, um, and so like that those three alone, I think could carry it. And then you got Jaron Jackson, who like Triple J, really good. Um, yeah, your Michigan State guy. Yeah, um, but they're they were just like a young little cocky team that just wasn't. Ex- and and when Jaw went down, it was over. But they could have made a big run last year, I think. It's funny, like when Ja went down, they actually were super close to winning without. It, it, you know, I feel like that's great. yeah. But, um, I mean, yeah. I, I think that was the closest thing that I've seen in a while to that Pistons team in terms of just like a group of yes, I guess even the Pistons like that year was Rasheed Wallace was an All Star at, at some point before that. So, um, but like that's the closest thing I've seen like to a team defeating a list a group of superstars. Um, so, but what I'm trying to say is like, yes, there's a change in the guard. And I think it's okay because the change of the guard is not leading to individual superstars winning. It's no longer a big three. It is, as Nash said, like a group of like a star plus a group of really good role players or fringe stars or you know players that are once all stars and just kind of like you know they're they're fitting into a role. Uh, That is now the new big three winning formula, and I'm okay with it. I know I I couldn't agree more. I I really couldn't agree more because like. Think about the think about the Bucks when they won when they won the ship. Like, yes, they have Giannis, and he ha- probably put like the most effort, probably one of the greatest all time finals performances. But he still has like a solid team behind him, and it, it, it's not possible in today's NBA for one superstar to will his way. Like, like the whole LeBron James and Booby fucking Gibson, Verajao, like willing your way into the NBA finals that way. Like that. that that's never going to happen anymore because I think the talent gap has just gotten way too close. Um, 
across the board. Watch the Utah Jazz prove you wrong. Let's go, Lord. There's so much money on them not on not making a playoff run. <laughs> no, I, I think to your point though, Carno. I think that like the the Heatles type teams where you have like two or three superstars and just vet minimums like players. Maybe I don't think that's going to fly anymore, like you said, because I think the baseline level of talent. You got these dogs coming from Europe. You got these young players. Like you need to build a well-rounded team, and like when you're spending like. 30 40 50 million dollars on on a single player nowadays like you can't build a roster with two or three of those guys anymore you got to build a well-rounded team because a team that chooses to like balance out their roster with um with like more balanced players that are not like at that top top um i think they that they will generally make make the the longer run i feel like in the playoffs i mean let's call it out like nets complete disaster Philly with Embiid and Harden, complete disaster. Um, even even Chicago, Levine, DeMar DeRozan, that combo didn't, you know, hasn't hasn't really panned out. I would say, even though it looked great at one point last last year. Um, let's, hold guess, on, uh, let's hold our horses on Chicago. They don't have Lonzo back yet. I hate Chicago, but let's hold our horses on them. Yeah, the, then, the difference. Well, okay, yeah. The Lakers too. Same yeah, same Lakers team. obviously they're the they're the poster child for this for this yeah. argument, but it really just hasn't worked anymore. Yeah. Speaking of um, you know teams like so you know the change in the guard and the old guard, there is a team that is the absolute. I mean, you just alluded to them, the absolute real housewives of the NBA. That is the uh, New Jersey slash Brooklyn Nets. Um, so I, I think there's one person and one person that is, is going to really tee off on this one. So I'm going to just pass it over to Neil and t- let him, let him go off on Kyrie a little bit. Uh, every episode where we made fun of him last season has basically come to life in the span of weeks, uh, this year. So what it started with, uh, he shared a, he tweeted, he retweeted and, and talked about a documentary that basically alluded to. Pretty horrible stuff like the Holocaust not being real, things like that. And, you know, now he came under fire by Adam Silver, the Brooklyn Nets. They had all these rules that he had to follow. He had to donate and do all these things. Um, I don't even – he's still not playing, right? Uh, no, they, so. Yeah, he's not yet. I think they were going to try him against the Lakers, but that didn't happen. He kind of – he so they gave him opportunities in press conferences, and he kind of shrugged it off. And then I think it, it all piled up and just exploded in his face now. Um, yeah, I mean, he's an idiot. He always has been. I, don't, I think he thinks he's like some philosopher, like free thinker. But in reality, he's, he's, just, he's just talking out of his ass. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Nets and the NBA have put some, some, uh, some demands for him, which I don't even know if he's met any of them. But yeah. The Nets are perplexing. They're so perplexing. Like they spend him and then they hire uh, Ime. Yeah, no, they didn't they, hire him. They were like about to. They were about, about to. Check. But how is that even in the consideration? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I mean, I don't like they fired Steve Nash. Like, and I'm like, what is your plan? Like, yeah, like what was the point of that? Um, and then you fire him. You got this controversy, um, the Udoka Udoka stuff. And then KD is just like 
oh, we just got to be one big happy family. Like we just got to focus on basketball. Um, you got Ben Simmons like shitting the bed as usual. Um, like it's it's an absolute chit show going on over there. Um, but yeah, back to Kyrie. I feel like I mean, like you said, you know, he's like a guy that plays to the beat of his own drum and like is a contrarian. And like when you're a professional athlete, you got to be like, un- even though you're not like Charles Barkley, I am not a role model. Model, you are a role model, especially when you are like the highest selling shoe in Nike. Like you can't just like play like do whatever you want. Like you have a certain facade to keep up, um, and you can't be a contrarian. And so like he's just like a walking enigma in, in that sense, where he like thinks that he can have all the money and all the fame and all the credit and be Kobe. Like that's what he wants to be, right? Like the way he like views himself. And then at the same time, he carries his way like himself, like nothing like Kobe used to. Like Kobe used to be like the, the promote, biggest professional of professionals, said all the right things, did all the right things, um, and 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 be- had the play to back it up. So like, um, even the guy that he idolizes, he has nothing in common with. And yeah, like from the COVID stuff last year to 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 the stuff that he was saying this year, uh, blowing up the team, the Celtics. Um, wanting his own team, like and leaving the Cavs, like, like nothing is surprising. Like it's 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 been a, a trend and a spiral that's kind of started like four or five years ago. If we follow since the day he left Cleveland, he has not done any good for any team he's been on. If anything, he's made the situation worse. Boston, shout huh? Shout out Nick Wright for this one. <laughs> He's he has been a detriment to every team he's been on since Cleveland, consistently. I gotta ask you guys this because uh, you know a lot of NBA players have come to Kyrie's defense because uh, you know they they say he's an independent thinker or whatever. Can you guys define for me what an independent thinker is? What the hell is an independent thinker? Isn't thinking itself independent? No, uh, it's like it's like believing in your own set of facts almost i feel like it's like going against the commonly had held beliefs which is like um become a common thing nowadays i feel like just finding your own set of facts that you want to choose to believe in and and going with it like i don't know like i don't think that like that that moniker that he's gotten is necessarily a good thing and like in a locker room where you're like all supposed to be a team and build a team bond like what were the rumors that you would hear that he'd be like alone pretty much in the locker room? Like, I mean, he's a great player and all, but like that's as a leader of a team and a superstar of a team, you also gotta, gotta be a leader of men and, and get a team together. So like, that's, that's always been a lacking feature of him. So. I, I really don't get why players seem to like him though. Like going back to Neil's point, like he's been a cancer or, you know, what we on the outside think of as a cancer to a team. Going from like just calling out the young guys in um, in um, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum when he was in the Celtics to you know uh, choosing I mean, it is what it was his choice and then calling it a human rights crisis when he couldn't play because of COVID uh, to now you know calling out the Jewish people um, and and not he didn't call it out I'm, okay let me let me rephrase he didn't call them out but he did not defend himself or say like hey I'm not calling them out when when provoked. Um, like he's been a absolute cancer from what we think from the outside. How do players still support him? Like Jalen Brown, who's the VP or the president of the uh, the union, is still saying, "All right, you know this Kyrie thing. 
like I'm I'm supporting Kyrie. LeBron, even though LeBron's like I'm not gonna defend. Uh, well, the actions weren't great, but like Kyrie should still play. All these players are still coming to his defense. I don't get it. I do not get it. Yeah. Well, I actually don't know how much of these demands he's fulfilled, but I think some NBA players are saying it's it's too excessive. So that maybe that's what they mean by he should be able to play. I haven't. I, I forgot what the list looks like, but it was. Um, so he has to donate. I think was it five hundred thousand to the um, uh, anti defamation league, uh, or I think a Jewish society as well. Uh, he has to take uh, like oh yeah, uh, the yeah. social you know yeah. Uh, awareness and all that stuff. Uh, he needs to uh, meet with Josai, which he did, and apparently Josai said, I'm comfortable with it for now. He needs to publicly ap- apologize and denounce the film. Um, and I think he has to do like some hours of like service or something. Which the whole right. thing is just like, just, I don't know, like he, I feel like he genuinely isn't, like, I don't want to speak for him, but like, I don't think, I think it was like his reaction to what people were calling him that like led him to react the way he reacted more than like his actual beliefs. It was like people labeling him something that like, he just doesn't like being labeled anything. And like his like inability to like accept or even acknowledge like the facts of what he might've shared, I think is the whole reason, like, like, like all going back to like him, like not wanting to be like labeled or like put in a box like that's like it was just like a stupid like personality trait of his that like he could have shut down like very easily if he was a more sav- savvy shrewd operator but he chose to like make a statement because he doesn't want to be labeled an anti-vaxxer or an anti-semitic like he like just instead of just like apologizing for doing something stupid he like overreacted almost just to like make a statement almost and it's like and it burned him it's just like just grow up i feel like and just like accept accept the mistakes you make and and move on rather than just like trying to make a statement all the time yeah which i don't think he will accept so i'm curious to see if he actually ever plays the game for the nets this season at this rate he will he has to i think like with the players coming to his defense it is a like the nba is the most player friendly league out of all leagues, which is a good and a bad thing. Um, but, uh, you know, the good thing is, like, you know, he has the support of the Players Union, and there's no way he's not playing. I think even Joe Sai is like, it's happening. He's going to play. I would like to add, I think Le- what LeBron said about him was 75% what he believed, but I think it was 25%. Hey, let me, if I say something, maybe they'll trade Kyrie to the Lakers. Oh, my God. Totally. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> Do you Always think get some kind of influence into uh, into the league's news and happenings? By the way, speaking of LeBron, quick, quick thing: like, Have you guys seen like the new thread that's coming out? LeBron lies. Yeah, yeah. The greatest. I it's love the greatest. It's so tweets. funny. It's so funny. It's so good. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I love Migos from day one. I listened to their album way back, or their mixtape back in like 2010 when their first thing came out in like 2011. <laughs> Oh, I love, I love it. I mean, for a LeBron hater, this is this is like Christmas for well, this Christmas. The, the Malcolm X one was pretty funny. The <laughs> has you read the book, the autobiography? <laughs> also, he also there was that one of uh, where he was like, "Yeah, I told uh, Steph Curry's mom not to get an abortion," so then now he's in the league or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> or there's one like um, 
Oh, uh, I was like, oh yeah, I told my boys like, yeah, uh, Kobe's about to score seventy. Oh no, he's gonna score eighty. <laughs> like I was just watching the game with my boys. I thought he was in the league at that time. Nash, are you hyped for this uh, Shaq documentary that's coming out? Uh, I didn't. I didn't even know that was coming out. I didn't know that was coming out either. Yeah, there's a there's a Shaq documentary on uh, that HBO is is doing apparently. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like there's so like. I haven't watched like the Lake Show documentary. I haven't watched. There was a Magic one too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so many of these coming out at this point. These streaming yeah. services just like yeah, turning. turning out content that like it's so hard to keep up with. And um, yeah, the Shaq one. I don't know. I feel like Shaq's so, it's such so much in the public eye, and I feel like I've seen everything unfold in front of my eyes. There's like not much to see. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, he's always he's always been pretty active, like an active voice even when he was in the league. So I'm not sure what what like hidden things will show us. But well, he had a tough childhood, Shaq. Um, that's true. That's so true. Yeah. There's always that part. The last uh, before even last dance, I think like there are other sports documentaries before that, but for basketball, the last dance really ruined it for us. Because after the yeah, last dance, but the redeemed like did we really need a redeemed team documentary? We knew they were gonna was... win. everyone knew they were gonna win. Like what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> that was such a mid documentary. It was like not good in my opinion. Yeah, that's the LeBron move right there. By the way, I I didn't realize how. I mean, I watched the the gold medal game live, and like I didn't realize how cl- they made the they made the game seem a lot closer than it actually was. <laughs> you guys yeah. felt that way, but like they were clearly in tr- in control the whole game. Yeah, yeah, so definitely. It's a stupid documentary. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the last dance really screwed it for the rest of us. I'm waiting for my bad. Is there a bad boys documentary? Or is that just a thirty for thirty kind of thing? Uh, was a thir- there was definitely a documentary. Yeah, it was a thirty thirty for a documentary. But yeah, that was really good. Actually, that was like one of the better ones. See, like because like every other one, like the the Malice the Palace one was like anti Pistons, like just yeah, shit that up. one was super super anti Pistons, which was not really just anti Pistons, anti us. Well, anti me. I'm still the only Pistons fan here. Um, yeah, it's truly just like the people of Detroit are scum. Yeah, <laughs> type yeah. of documentary. Well, that one was the worst. The uh, as, the as Pacers players were throwing punches, like come on. They, they oh, made it yeah. seem like they made it seem like the malice, the palace ruined Jermaine O'Neal's career. No, dude, his career ended because he couldn't play defense any longer and is offensively terrible. <laughs> Did he still win a championship with the Miami Heat later? Though, like the guy won a chip later. He didn't. Did he have he that wasn't that uh, the whole 11 team? I mean, he lost that, right? 2011. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're I don't right. know, man. I don't think he won. I don't think he won, but... I don't care. Germany, he, he was trash. All the right. whole team, everyone on that team scum. Except for uh, Reggie Miller. I, I'm okay with Reggie Miller. Everyone else, scum of the earth. You know? They deserve to go to hell. All of them. If they, if they Tayshaun, Tayshaun, tomorrow, I would not. Tayshaun's son? We're talking about Tayshaun's son? <laughs> <laughs> Still the greatest block in playoff history. Absolutely. Um, all right. So, um, oh, so I'll, I'll end the, is there anything else you guys want to cover? I'm going to end the doc and uh, not the documentary. Damn. Um, <laughs> end the pot. I've been drinking too much wine after this Michigan state win. Um, but uh, anything else you guys want to cover? Or I'm going to cover one last topic. Go for it. Good. Go for it. So recently in the world of sports, there was a, a, a bombshell interview uh, by Cristiano Ronaldo, with by also a scum of the earth, Piers Morgan. Uh, on, you know, <laughs> he is Morgan is, is miserable. Yeah. After CNN, yeah. uh, Candom, yeah, his career just is shit. 
Um, and you know what's funny? He'll probably listen to this because Piers Morrison actually listens to like you know the, the, the weirdest things, and he'll call, call, call me out later. Um, but anyway, so Piers Morgan and uh, Cristiano Ronaldo had an interview, and Cristiano Ronaldo pretty much, I mean, yes, he's been having a tough time at Manchester United, but he pretty much called out everyone he's ever touched and you know interacted with in his entire life and blamed them for the downfall of his career, including Manchester United's organization, the coach, and all that. The question I have is, so soccer is not really a player-friendly league, but you know they allowed this, although we'll see what the future holds for Cristiano. NBA is a lot more player friendly, and there's one player that kind of did this during the summer, didn't really get away with it, but he somehow in the end kind of got his demands. But I have a feeling that he could do this in the NBA, and that's Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant in the summer of um, you know 2022 called for the firing of both uh, Sean Marks and Steve Nash, and fuck him because he got my favorite player ever to be fired uh, for no reason whatsoever. Um, but he, he got his wish. He then demanded a trade. Didn't get that, but you know, based on how the, um, the season is for, you know, that, uh, real housewives of Brooklyn, he might get that, uh, later or not. At what point do we have Kevin Durant going out with, uh, like Ramona Shelburne or with, uh, Adrian Wojnarowski and saying, Hey, fuck everyone here. Joe size, a piece of shit. Sean Marks, a piece of shit. Steve Nash was a piece of shit. When are we he, getting that? He's too, he's too, uh. He's too soft to, to do that in a, in a public interview. Like he, him and Ronaldo's personalities are way different. I don't Ronaldo's know about that. Fuck. Yeah. I mean, neither is yeah. KD at this point. Like, no, yeah, I agree. He's, he's, he's been getting worse and worse ever since his like burner accounts got found. Yeah. I, I, no, I I just feel like it's it's kind of funny that like. Katie never actually came out and said anything. Right? It was all like rumors of him requesting a trade and things like that while he's like on Twitter, like saying whatever the hell he wants to say, like against like random plebes about basketball. <laughs> um, like, like I feel like he's just like such a enigma in terms of like saying what he really feels. So like, I, I, I would never, I could never imagine him coming out saying some of the, like the things that Ronaldo said. Um, and like I think someone was saying, like I think Ronaldo is a bigger drama queen than than KD is. At the end of the day, like all KD cares about is like ball and like winning. I feel like he doesn't necessarily care about like being the 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 focal point of a team. Like he like ended up taking over for the Warriors and becoming the focal point of that team. But I feel like for him, it's like all about just ball and just like playing good ball. And so like it doesn't matter to him if he's like the number one star. Um, and so like, I feel like he would, like, he'd rather be working in the background to get that to happen than like come out and say something like that. Cause I mean, like what it, it could easily, like, what is it going to owner to do and move him to the Utah jazz or something? Like he could easily do that if he wanted to, like, um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I could never see him like do what Ronaldo did and like publicly come out in like an interview and, and say stuff like that. That's, well, that's a, that's a Draymond type of interview. <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I don't think it's a bad thing. Draymond is a team first guy, though. Is I, that why you punch Jordan Poole in the face? Well, Jordan Poole shouldn't, shouldn't be talking shit, man. You know, he talks <laughs> shit, you get hit. <laughs> you know, that happens in the, in the NBA. Like, people came out and said, like, all right, the, the only reason why this was an issue, like it came out publicly, is because, like, there's a camera. Yeah. That happens a lot in the NBA. A yeah. lot. 
and you know, it just happened to be Jordan Poole's little, you know, puss puss, and you know, had to actually no, Jordan Poole, uh, he took it, he took it. All those players. That was a su- that was a sucker punch. Come on, like that was <laughs> man, you don't that was a it. bad look. That was a bad and look. Yeah. Getting called triple single, which is true. He is a triple single. And he has three chips. He has three chips. Uh, four chips now. Four. Four. Yeah. Four, four chips to uh, Jordan Poole's one. So, you know what? Suck it, Jordan. <laughs> no, no. It, it was a bad – it wasn't a good look. But um, going back to KD, though. So, I partially agree with you, Nash, and partially disagree. Yes, I don't think KD will outwardly say things. But he's – it's not like he just, he just balls. Like, he had uh, – when he was in the Golden State Warriors, he won his two chips and still – like, he wanted – it's not just about balling. Like he could have stayed there and balled, but he wanted his own team. He wanted to be the, the focal point. That's why he went to you know Brooklyn. Uh, Brooklyn. Um, so and then the same thing with um, you know he was with James Harden and with uh, Russell Westbrook, and he wasn't happy. Even though they were very close, they're on the precipice of like you know winning a chip. They could have done it. I, I honestly think if they stuck together, they could have done it. Uh, but he wanted his own team, and that's why he went. Or he wanted to win, not his own team. But he wanted yeah, not to win. win. Uh, and so he went to. Um, a win now, and he went to Golden State. And then, you know, right now, yes, he may not have outwardly said it, but all right, knowing what we know about KD and knowing like how he kind of plays chess when everyone's playing checkers, um, he definitely wanted demanded it. He definitely wanted it, and he definitely wanted um, Steve Nash and Joe Sigh or not Joe Sigh, Steve Nash and Sean Marks gone. So We're- I don't think it's just about balling for him. I think it's about like he wants that situation. He just won't. Maybe going back to him, he's more like a silent guy, but you know, Twitter fingers kind of guy to get what he wants. Where do you think he would want to go? Uh, he already said it, Phoenix and Miami. Um, Phoenix, I don't think Miami right, yeah. Phoenix would have to give up Booker, which they won't. Should they? I don't know. Actually, uh, I don't know if you guys watched Miami versus Phoenix the other day. Before uh, Jimmy Butler blocked him in the last second, like, Book was hitting shots, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Chris Paul out, Book was hitting them, and then Jimmy Butler had some wild ass defensive play in the end to win it. But surprise, Moyen. Yeah, that was a that was a big uh, Miami true, true Miami win. Yeah, I mean they're seven and seven, only up from here. <laughs> <laughs> um, I swear to God. I just want to end on one quick rapid fire here. One question. You guys got to give me one answer because I think this this question is probably not as straightforward as it used to be. Who's the best player in the league right now after one month of uh, of the season being in full swing? Giannis. Yeah. I was going to say Giannis. Giannis. Yeah, that, that wasn't that hard, man. I was going to go with Embiid. <laughs> Embiid, Who? boy. Wait, what? Embiid? Embiid, yeah. What? In what world is Embiid the best? What? He just dropped 59 the other night. Dropped 59. One game. Actually trying. Playing through What's injury. What's this team doing? Giannis doesn't have Chris Middleton right now. He's still – and even Drew Holiday's out. What's he doing? I mean, you could also make the case for, like, Jason Tatum too. But hmm? Jason Tatum is also an option. No. J- Jalen Brown is a on that team. I'll st- stand I, by that. I agree. I, I'm a team, team Jalen Brown over uh, Tatum guy for sure. Brown is a dog. Brown is, is a better defense with championships. Yeah, he's flashy, but defense wins it. Luca's averaging thirty four a game, but yeah, I mean, I still think it's Giannis. It's Giannis, man. Jokic is the only one I could think about. Like, all right, maybe, but it's Giannis. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, so that covers get get dunked on, Gango. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, man, you just got you just got Brandon knighted. <laughs> 
Um, but that was that was a great uh, great session there. You know, thank you so much, Nash, for joining. We'd love to have you on again. This was uh, a stimulating dunking of Gango slash conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ha- happy to be here. I'm happy to come back. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Um, so that is it for our. Where, where, where can we find Avinash on Twitter? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Actually... Go, go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> plug us. Nasty. Find me at Avinashti on all, all social media. <laughs> you want to spell that out? Nasty. Yeah. A-V-I-N-A-A-S-H-T-Y. Avinashti. <laughs> that was great having you on. Uh, but um, yeah, that, that concludes our November pod. Um, we'll have Thanksgiving. And then our next pod will be right around Christmas time, which will be the Christmas games, which is the start of the competitive NBA season, probably, uh, as people like to call it. But uh, yeah, uh, eat well, go green. Uh, I guess Michigan's. Uh, if you guys want to plug any Michigan sports, go ahead. Uh, but yeah, basketball, relevant ones. College basketball, sorry, that's why I'm I'm into it. But um, yeah, go ahead, Michigan. <laughs> Jet, How- Jet Howard is a dog. Let it be known. How is he doing? Actually, I haven't I haven't watched any of the Michigan games yet. Um, he's a, he's a, he's a gunner. It, oh, so he's like a three and D kind of guy. I don't know if he plays D, but I know that he hits the. <laughs> <laughs> Green, no D. <laughs> um, but hey, you got Duncan Robinson 2.0 then. Uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. the start of the college basketball season. Um, big wins for uh, Michigan State this today. Michigan, I think, still ranked, what, 22? Uh, undefeated still. Oh, you guys face Imani Bates, and that was like, crazy. I saw the highlights. Holy shit. Imani Bates is good. Um, yeah. been on state. Anyway, uh, I'm digressing. Uh, All right, yeah. Great pod, guys. Uh, We'll see you guys in December. All right, see you, boys. Peace out.